One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Welcome to the NBA Daily Ding on the Athletic NBA Show. Ding, ding. How about we can just watch basketball? I like that idea. And welcome to the Daily Ding on the Athletic NBA Show. I'm Dave DeFore here with Moda Keel for your September 1st update. Before we start, don't forget you can get this pod ad-free by subscribing at theathletic.com slash NBA show. A little bit of news, Mo. The Knicks signed RJ Barrett to a four-year $107 million extension. He could make as much as $120 million with incentives. Um I I want to talk about RJ first before we get into the ramifications of this deal. Um, How did you feel about them locking RJ up? Uh, I think that this is a good, it's a good move by the Knicks. Yeah. I mean, first I'm still a little bit shook, Dave. It's September 1st. Holy crap. Um, (laughs) um, I think the, uh, I was surprised by it, you know, just, just in the sense of, that's a lot of money to commit to a guy that he's gotten better. Knicks fans will let everybody know that he's improved. He's, he's made waves. He's everything is kind of flying up, but that's still a lot of money after you've already committed a hundred million to Jalen Brunson. I, you know, look at him as, you know, his ceiling is at best is a second option guy, which is probably what you would pay a top second option. He just hasn't gotten there yet, but they're kind of doing what everybody does and, and betting on the kid, you know, the the upside of him and and hoping that's going to come through so interested for but you know what he's also gotten better every year at this point so i'm not like taking a gas or clutching my pearls well let's talk about the fallout from this because as we all know the knicks have been anxiously working to to trade for donovan mitchell and R.J. Barrett was likely to be one of the centerpieces of a, a Mitchell trade, at least if you're Utah. So if you're Danny Ainge, Mo, and now you can't get R.J. Barrett, do the Knicks have enough? It, it, you know, if you're Danny Ainge, does the Knicks, do the Knicks have enough on the table for you right now to make this trade, or are you going to sit on it? I think you're going to sit on it, but the problem for the Jazz here is there has not been a lot of suitors for Donovan Mitchell. And I think that's kind of been the issue. You know, I don't think the Knicks have a player that would really make them jump at making the trade, but they still have a ton of draft picks. And that's really kind of a team rebuilding, completely kind of going into a teardown into let's tank and then build back up. You want as many shots in the draft as possible. Really doesn't matter where they are in the draft. You, If you go into a draft with four draft picks, that you have the 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 key ingredients to move up in the draft from another team and things like that, all sorts of stuff like that. But I think it's going to be, it's going to come down to really draft capital and and, and draft equity in terms of making a trade happen. But at the same time, man, who were the Knicks negotiating against? Like we heard rumors of teams, but nobody that was like, come on, really serious in any sense. So like, I'm, I'm curious if the jazz have kind of put themselves in a situation where it's like, wow, we actually don't have other guys. It's true. When the news first came out that Donovan Mitchell was seeking a trade, we did hear a few teams. You know, Miami was high on that list, uh, allegedly. But I wonder, Mo, if the KD and Kyrie Irving situation put a threw a wrench into everyone's planning for this summer. And if maybe there, there might have been more of a market if 
there wasn't some chance you could wind up with KD or Kyrie Irving. You know, I I don't think so because I think there were two different groups involved in both of those things, right? The Knicks weren't also in the running for a KD or Kyrie trade. Um, Utah wasn't negotiating with Brooklyn uh, with with Donovan Mitchell on the rookie extension, meaning he can't really get traded and play with Ben Simmons. That same situation we saw with Bam. So there's, you know, I almost felt like it was these guys might get moved, but they're also independent of each other for once. You know, it wasn't like let's wait it wait it out. The only team I think that might have been looking around at, at, at everything here is the Lakers, and I think they're a team that you know they they I still think a three team trade can happen. And the Lakers could jump in, move Westbrook to Utah. He gets bought out there. They send some draft capital there. They get Boyan Bogdanovich, somebody else. Um, I threw out Evan Fournier, but every Laker fan got super upset. Um, you know, but like you have, you know, you, you whatever, but you get somebody back. I think there's an ability there for the Lakers. They were probably the only team, Dave, I would say, was impacted by both part both teams, the 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 Nets and uh Jazz looking to move make moves. Yeah, it, well, at this point, it certainly seems likely that Donovan Mitchell is going to be at training camp with the Utah Jazz. I, I just don't see a deal getting done. If it hasn't gotten done at this point, why would it get done in the next three weeks, Mo? I, I disagree, Dave. Whoa. I think it's going to happen. I think, here's the thing. If you're the Jazz and you made the moves that you made, you're you're tanking. You're, you're trying to tank. So, one, I don't think Donovan Mitchell is going to want to be there during this kind of rebuild process. On top of that, you're trying to be the bottom three team. You have Donovan Mitchell on your team. You might end up winning a little more games than you would want to to stay in that flat and lottery odds. So, you know, everybody, we all know it. We're going to talk about it a whole ton this year. Victor Webbamiyama, you know, the kid in France. You know, um, Scoot Henderson, another name teams are going to be tanking for and going after. And I think this is, you know, you want to make sure you're in that situation. So I think there's actually more of an onus on the Jazz to move Mitchell before the start of the season. And I think that's something we could probably, uh, I, I'm willing to fight you, Dave, not fight you. We, we can hug it out. Um, but I think I disagree with you. I think he'll be moved before training camp. In other news, today is the first day of Eurobasket 2022. And Mo, I think this is going to be the most star-studded Euro tournament, maybe ever. It's stacked. There's like, there's like 30 NBA players playing, and that's not even including potential free the guys that are free agents that haven't signed with teams yet. But you have 30 NBA teams and, and not like low-level guys. I mean, we're talking two-time MVP, Nikola Jokic. We're talking about former MVP, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Everybody predicting Luka Doncic, eventual MVP, playing. You have guys you know, across the board. You have DeMontis Sabonis and Jonas Valanciunas with Lithuania. You got... Uh, Lori Markinen in Finland. I'm going. There's so many guys. I'm going to forget who's actually still playing where in terms of that because there's just so many guys. We haven't seen that Dave in a long time. You know th- this tournament. It's funny uh, when if you were to look at this draw. I don't know six months ago, you might not realize just how stacked this tournament is. But it, just the fact that Nikola Jokic is playing for Serbia vaulted them to to the likely favorite in my opinion. I, I think. Serbia with Vasily Micic and Nikola Jokic should be the favorites to win this tournament. How do you feel? I think they're right up there. I think we're going to have a clash of Serbia versus Slovenia. I think the, the Slovenian national team that won it a few years ago um, 
behind the the duo of Goran Dragic and Luka Doncic, they're back again. You know, and I think that you're going to have some of that stuff. I think you're going to have a lot of excitement here. This is actually, I'm actually really excited. It's a huge tournament. Lots of countries are are involved here, but this is going to be a lot of fun to watch. Like these are going to be games that are genuinely worth watching and 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 get up for. I mean, they're they're a little bit early in the morning for us, Dave, here on the West Coast, but uh, it's it's going to be fun. Like I'm I'm excited even watching the the friendly match of of Greece versus uh, uh, Serbia. And it was Giannis versus Jokic down the stretch, and the game went to overtime. It was a ton of fun. Yeah, it was incredible. And, and shout out to you know friend of Nerder uh, Adam Mares and the whole DNVR crew who went to Serbia and were there in person for that game. I got to talk to Adam on the phone, and I mean he was just raving about the atmosphere. And, and that's actually one of the things I wanted to focus on most about this Mo is that you know with with all these stars bringing attention to European basketball. This will be a chance for a lot of Americans to to get a real feel for what big time European basketball looks like from an audience perspective. I, I these crowds are going to be intense. Oh, I, I don't think people understand what the crowds are like in Europe for fans. Like you know, it's flares going off in the stands type of stuff. Like it's it's wild. Like it's going to be very intense. It's going to be very. Uh, jarring for for some fans to, for like us to watch on TV sometimes cuz they get so into it so so riled up you know uh I think Germany's honoring Dirk Nowitzki in the first game against France I mean like that's going to be a big mo- that's going to get that crowd riled up and, and and things like that it's a tough environment to play it's a lot of fun seems like a huge mistake to retire Dirk's jersey in a game that uh I don't look man I don't think Germany's going to win uh FIBA Fournier and Rudy Gobert are both monsters in FIBA play. And I, I don't think Germany, you know, Dennis Schroeder is not enough for Germany. So that's opening day. Uh, also, you've got a rematch of the, the 2020 uh, Olympic qualifying tournament with Lithuania and Slovenia on day one. So Jonas Valanciunas, Demonis Sabonis against Goran Dragic and Luka Doncic. And Slovenia, you know, they won that matchup last year. So maybe a little bit of uh bad blood in the water looking for a little bit of revenge for the Lithuanian team. So like the storylines in this league that uh that have carried over just in the national teams for the last few years are going to be fun to watch. And there's a lot of pride on the line. There's a ton of pride on the line in terms of the national teams. You know, just from my experience with the Australian national team, like there's you really do feel the 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 pride here. This is something that these guys are going to be competitive. These players are not going through the motions. Like, they're here to freaking win. And it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm excited. Let's go, Dave. One of the things I'm most excited about, Mo, is just the the difference in style of play that people are going to be exposed to. I mean, obviously, FIBA rules are different. No live ball timeouts. The game moves faster. But also, it's officiated differently. And, you know, we, we saw some of the NBA guys struggling a little bit, especially with the way that the NBA has evolved with foul calling, uh, struggled a little bit w- with with the lack of fouls. Uh, what do you expect out of the NBA guys that are playing in this tournament? Do you think that the foul issues are going to bother them at all? I I mean, to a degree it will, but I don't think it'll be too much. I mean, we've seen it. We saw it during the Olympics last year. I think everybody adjusts relatively quickly. And a lot of these guys have been playing 
with their national team all summer. So hopefully they've adjusted at this point. But Dave, this is also how I want the game officiated in the NBA for the most part. Like that's that's one thing I want people to take away. They don't call a lot of the, you know, they they bite on flops. There's going to be some of that, but they don't call a ton of that. The take fouls not involved in the game. There's there's a lot of stuff there that I really enjoy watching the the FIBA style. This is how our officials should officiate this game. Uh, do you want to make a uh, a prediction? You want to pick a winner? I am going to go. I'm just going to go with Slovenia and Luka and Goran Dragic. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with them repeating again. All right, I'm going against you. I'm going Serbia. I think Nikola Jokic. I think he wins the whole thing. Um, I think it's. I think that's the final. But you and I are always fighting, Dave. <laughs> can't, can't, can't stop fighting each other. Well, that's going to do it for today's show, folks. Thank you guys for listening. Hope you guys enjoy Eurobasket. WNBA playoffs are right now. There's a lot of really good basketball on. Uh, from Mo Kiel, I'm Dave DeFore. Thanks for listening. Let's go, Mo, Storm. Let's get out of here. Ding, ding. Ding, <laughs> ding.